0: heard around the world on the iheart radio app apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast it's cannabis talk 101 with blue and joe grande
1: welcome to cannabis talk 101 the world's number one source for everything cannabis featuring blue and joe grande blue is not here today but we have the lovely jessica filling in thank you so much jessica for hanging out with us on this lovely show make sure you guys check out our website cannabis 101.com Hey, we have so many great new articles on there and blogs on the site. And you can really get the direct link to the Cannabis Talk magazine that Jessica had so much to do with. So for those who don't know, this girl that's on the show today, she had her hands all over that. So, thank you. I mean, there we go. (laughs) Let's figure out the title right there. Make sure you give uh, Jessica a call, 1 800 420 1980. And say, Good job, Jessica. You did really good on that magazine. Check out our IG pages at Cannabis Talk 101. Blue is at the number one, Christopher Wright. And I am at Joe Grande 52. And y'all know what time it is, right? Dime time. Time. That's right. Be higher with Dime Industries. Find them in California, Arizona, and Oklahoma. Check out the website, dimeindustries.com, or on Instagram, dime.industries. Today's special guests, you guys, these dudes are no joke, professional ass whoopers, and are here to bring us into their world. These are guys you want fighting beside you and not against you by no means now. They're first off, this is crazy. I didn't realize that this is going down like this, guys. And I've been watching fights in part of this world for a long time, but they're gloveless champ. I'm talking bare-knuckle boxing. Now, these dudes right here, some of them are... 2022 KO of the Year award winner, undefeated pro fighter, 4-0, 3-KOs, bare knuckle, 2-0, 2-KOs at By B Extreme, pro boxers, 2-0 with the ring, and two times California State boxing champ at USA Boxing. 2022 knockout of the year for BYB Extreme, bare knuckles, which I got a chance to look online, and that shit was dope. And even the ring I want to talk about because it's a triangle ring, all this crazy shit. 2022 President Spirit Award, from the Bare Knuckles Boxing Hall of Fame uh, visit the IG, Mark the Shark Erwin is in the building. Give it up for Mark. Ow! Looking all sexy with that leopard hair and everything else. If you see the videos, Glasses you've seen. Glasses to match. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's just so official, looks so dope. And check out the website, byextreme.com B-Y-B-E-X-T-R-E-M-E.com. He is actually from Huntington Beach. Is that where you're from, dude?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Surf City, USA. Ooh,
1: that's right. Representing Surf City, the hub of mixed martial arts, Mark the Shark Irwin. And then in the other corner, sitting right next to him, the former MMA world champion who is taking a passion for psychedelic advocacy. That's why, of course, our lovely Jessica's here. <laughs> Not only is she, she probably has a mushroom in her pants right now. Who knows? <laughs> She's probably pocketing some right have, now. I you know, sir, I do. I, you, I know you do because uh, the way you talk about him all the time and the way you are, that's why we wanted you on here so much. Uh, he's been guiding humans through what he has deemed the McCall Method, which I can't wait to hear so much more about, and the world's first psychedelic integration program for high-level sports. Learn the habitually integrate, how to uh, habitually integrate physical and mental positivity into every cell of your being through daily practice. Now check out his website, themccallmethod.com, T-H-E-M-C-C-A-L-L. M-E-T-H-O-D. Visit his IG page at I-N McCall. I-A-N-M-C-A-L-M-C-C-A-L-L, excuse me. And he's actually fighting out of the deep South Orange County. Dana Point representing in the building. I'll be be going to Dana Point tonight, dog. I'm going to tell you about what I'm going out there, too. Welcome to the show. The commissioner of fun, Ian's in the building, folks. Give it up for this man right here. So... Welcome, you guys, to Cannabis Talk 101, first off. Um, let's just start with, uh, we both know you're from Dana Point, you're from Huntington Beach. How did you guys grow up getting into fighting? Let's start with the first leopard that's sitting next to me. I mean, you're, you're closest. Uh, how, how did you get into fighting? What was it? Who was it? Where'd it come from?
2: Yeah, you know, I actually started kind of late in life, relatively. Uh, I was a fan of the sport my whole life. I grew up watching boxing, and uh, later MMA, when I was in high school, and... Uh, I actually ran track and field in college, and I was okay, but I wasn't. Where'd you go to college? I, I was just running at Saddleback College at the community level. I know Saddleback, you know? right out there. And okay. uh, Yeah, I was in good shape, and I was a good athlete, but I wasn't uh, going anywhere with you know track and field, and I ended up dropping out of school, and I started boxing with my friends in a garage and uh, started beating up all my friends. So I decided. Like
3: voluntarily? Or are you guys just yeah, like we're just training. all the time? Yeah, we
2: were just boxing,
1: you know, <laughs> bare I mean? knuckle fighting too, no, or with gloves. Starting with gloves. Okay, yeah.
2: You know, and uh, from there, I quickly started training at LA Boxing back in the day, and uh, started competing in USA Boxing as an amateur. Wow. And then working at the gym, and uh, just kind of kept competing, kept fighting, and uh, you know, ended up turning pro boxing in Mexico during the pandemic. We had a couple fights in Tijuana.
1: And so during the
3: pandemic, they were still doing fighting in, in Mexico? In Mexico, Mexico yeah. I
1: mean, that's not California. You know what I mean? In Mexico, they were still doing everything. That's the- there's yeah.
3: at least two miles between
4: here and there. I mean, that's way. <laughs> yeah, all but it's still, you got to
1: realize once you cross that TJ border, everything's it's open. It's, yeah, there's,
4: there's a big gate in the way, but that's about Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: other than that. that, it's welcome to the El Burro and uh, let's go. It's called
3: a gate, not a fence, by the way. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not yeah. At all. So we started boxing in Tijuana. And, Get a little uh, tighter on that mic for us, We started boxing in Tijuana and we won a couple fights uh, south of the border and then. Uh, we got the opportunity to do bare knuckle, and uh, I saw it as a sport that I could really excel in. And uh, I remember talking to Ian about it, and he was like, bro, don't do it. Like, why would, What the fuck are you doing? Were
1: you guys boys before? Crazy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So we knew each other, you know, just through uh, the gym and things. You know, I grew up watching his fights. I was a big fan of his as a kid.
3: What determined the jump between going from, from gloves to bare knuckle?
2: So I was boxing in Tijuana and I wasn't making anybody and nobody cared. Nobody was watching it, you know, and uh, one day I was watching YouTube and a bare knuckle fight came on and I was like, oh, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. Right. And then another fight queued right, because the algorithm's like, oh, you like that? Watch another fight. Yeah. So I watched another one and another one and another one. And I probably watched like half a dozen fights. You
3: went down the rabbit hole and pretty soon you're like taking your gloves off. Yeah.
2: And I just, <laughs> I'm watching it and I'm like, I could beat most of these guys, right? And then literally the next day, I see on my phone that BKFC was having open tryouts in Tampa, Florida, like two weeks from the day.
3: Siri's always listening. Yeah, Always. Always listening.
2: So I took it as a sign from the universe and I bought a plane ticket. I flew out. I ended up... Commitment uh, right there. Yeah, I tried out. I got signed uh, and ended up making my bare knuckle debut later that year. And uh, yeah.
4: Ian, what did you think when he was doing that? He came to me and was like, hey, would you, would you coach me? I was like, uh, okay, fuck it. You know, sure, you're crazy. But it, it was more the prediction. It wasn't the fact that he was going to, to, to do bare boxing. Fucking anyone can do this. Um, it was the fact how sure he was about the path it was going to take to a world title. I like shiny objects. Um, you know, I've been around a team that collected a lot of them you know a lot of belts and a lot of muay thai kickboxing and mma male female like carla esparza growing up at team oyama in irvine <clears throat> oh yeah there's colin oyama is such an amazing coach uh and he builds the, some of the strongest young fighters out there i mean he's just he's he really is a, a fucking hard ass he's kind of a dick um, but if you get to know him he's the nicest guy ever and he like cares about you and yeah he was like a, you know I have a great dad but he was like one of those father figure types and I've always had that in coaching my whole life um, and you know I know you're looking to make you know a, a professional debut and fighting is hard he's not making any money I know how like the ranks go um, but I saw it and I was like fuck yeah let's I've been there I when when I started fighting professionally when I was 18 uh, it was, I think it might've been still legal in most places, some places at least in California uh, for sure. Yeah. So it was like, you know, I, I just, I, I saw the path. I did the same thing with the ultimate fighter, the TV show. I didn't take the opportunity to be on the show cause I was already the number one guy in the world at a lower weight. So I'm, I had a better play, um, business wise for that. But like, you know, I there's so many similarities in the story And the fact he's just my friend, you know, we worked at the same gym together, teaching, you know, martial arts, teaching fighting. So um, I was excited. I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this," and get to work. And you know, he has a boxing coach, Bobby. Of course, I could be his boxing coach, but Bobby's a better boxing. He's a he's a boxing coach, right? MMA guy. Um, Bobby's
2: boxing, Laguna Beach, California. Yes,
4: Bobby's great. You know, he's a really really good coach and comes from a good lineage of where he learned it from. And like that, that all that sort of stuff means a lot, but, <clears throat> and Mark's not the only product, you know, he's got Chelsea may, may, um, and she's what? Number one in the country. Number
2: one in the USA, Chelsea wow. may, may Anderson. Yeah. Number one female lightmate lightweight in a, in boxing. Yeah. WBC boxing? international champion. Yeah. Gloved boxing, Glove boxing. shout yeah. out to Chelsea may, may.
4: Wow. Yeah. And Aaron's at the gym. Aaron Tuffill. um, so you ha- I, there's substance there, you know, and I knew how crazy he was just from talking to him. You can just kind of read each other, you know. Uh, so we're going on this adventure. I'm his grappling coach. So I'm trying to figure out ways. Do you remember when, when I was thinking about this uh, when I was cu- driving up here, when Anderson Silva got a hold of Rich Franklin? Yep. <laughs> That first time, yeah. Well, in the
2: tie clinch, in the tie clinch, and killed fucking him, with knees.
4: devastated him. And we, were, him with we were just knees. like, "That's the world champion, and that's what he did do him." Like, there's a whole new set of things that, in bare knuckle, we haven't even t- touched on, and he's not a wrestler. He's not. He's not a tie guy. He doesn't. He he, but he's he's learning quickly, and it's a different. It, it has to be a boxing approach to a tie to a tie clinch. You know, it's kind of how I think about it, but um, you know, we're working on traps. Let's say if the guy is Mark, you know, isn't gifted with, like, insane speed. Maybe this guy is. How are we going to tie this person up? How are we going to push him against the ropes or against, you know, and try and use this as, <coughs> as an advantage because he's really strong. He's got long arms, you know. Like, how, what's, what's the sort of trapping that we can do on different parts of the body and movement-wise?
2: And I, I think that's one of the exciting things about this sport is because it's one of the newest sports in the world, um, you know, there isn't really, like, a set standard for, you know, what is, you know, ideal technique and, and things like that. Yeah, it's
4: evolving. And we've we got exactly. Like,
2: we gotta
1: and not out. only that, even the training for it, because as I think of bare knuckle, I mean, I almost think of old school karate, kicking the wood, like to make those knees and shins stronger. Right. Like you have to like get your hands because even no matter what, if you're fighting on the streets and you knock somebody out, you're like, oh, you go home and you're cool in front of everybody. You go, like, oh, oh god, you're icing your hand later because it's fucking bare knuckles, yeah. literally.
4: My finger doesn't bend; it doesn't go straight. With three surgeries on this hand, yeah, Oh my god, uh, look at I you! Got, I got weak. I got weak hands. You got trigger finger. Uh, yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's like, like it's always in a trigger, like you're ready to shoot. So, I mean, do you, do, you, do, you knuckle, do knuckle conditioning? Is Corey heavy having a Yeah, we software? do a lot of
2: strength training, definitely. Yeah.
4: You know, if you strengthen the hand, if you strengthen the muscles with through, like, uh, you know, uh, sand just work, sand and just, yeah. And yeah. moving objects, which he works with Corey Beasley. Uh, it's my old strength coach. Shout and, out to Corey Beasley. Corey's, Corey's a fucking genius. He makes people so strong. He's got such cool tools to use. And, of course, a, a big thing of it is grip strength, you know, and that goes back to what we're looking to do is, you know, let's, why not trap somebody? Why not yeah. be able to pin them in a certain way and obliterate them and put on a show? Because this is, this is a this is a performance art. You know, we have to make this, we have to wait. We work on all levels. I mean, we are doing all the psychedelic work with the mental space, you know, how to keep him in, you know, peak physical flow. Um, or maybe not peak, but general flow for like daily training and, yeah. and trying to get him to get his shit done throughout the day and just be happy and not have too much stress going on, too much PTSD from just having your, some of your best friends try and kick the shit out of you multiple times a week, um, for, you know, for training, that's what you do. It's, 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 it's the whole ride is stressful and full of PTSD. We can knock down that stress and get him into that flow state. Then we can hit, you know, peaks of flow later with certain techniques. But, um, you know we're working on a on a whole whole you know we're playing chess.
1: And how is that even sanctioned in California? Because I thought the bear it's not <laughs> no, right. Yeah, no, no. I thought we it's fully deb- Exactly. I was thinking about this and we were talking about it off here. I go, you guys, I don't think this is fully legal in California because I I boxed before and you know I, I've done a lot of fighting things. And matter of fact, earlier today, Frank Shamrock, I was talking to him earlier today. I ironically, he, yeah, he used yeah. to manage me. Oh really? And he's yeah. now in San Diego, and we were just yeah. randomly talking. Frank and I carried the belts in Frank's fight in Brazil okay. early US UFC days I was carrying the belts yeah Yeah. so it's like my fighting history goes way back with so many other random dudes too but I was saying to the point of the bare knuckle fighting I was like dude that can't be sanctioned in California that's not that's illegal
2: (laughs) yeah so bare knuckle was actually made federally illegal in the United States in 1891 and it remained that way until 2018 uh BKFC got the state of Wisconsin and their athletic commission to sanction an event uh, after which Florida said, "If they're going to put on bare knuckle fights, we will too." They started putting on bare knuckle events, and since then Florida has really become like the, the hub of bare knuckle yeah. boxing in America. And I mean it's because Florida, Florida. <laughs> because it's Florida, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's about a uh, probably about 10 states at this point that have gone on to legalize and sanction it. Uh, Kansas, Alabama. Montana. Oh, really? Yeah, we're going to be fighting oh, wow. in uh, South Carolina. Mississippi. Here on May 13th.
1: Oh, so you're fighting out there then? Yeah. So May,
2: May 13th, one.
3: where are you going to be fighting?
2: We're going to be fighting in Rock Hill, South Carolina for BYB Extreme Bare Knuckle. Um, we can't yet announce the opponent or any further details, but that announcement is coming soon.
1: And the ring size on this one, I noticed it's completely different. Tiny. It's a triangle ring that looks like about the size of my old shirts when I was 350 pounds. Mm-hmm.
2: Correct. So it's actually the world's smallest combat ring. Really? Yeah. Why? Uh, well, it forces action. Versus knockouts. Yeah, right.
3: Exactly. You're but no I mean, hiding. But I mean, you guys know just like just like an MMA, a, a big thing between like MMA boxing versus a ring or a cage or whatever it may be, you can use you know, you can, you can hook your toes, your fingers into that cage and kind of use that as leverage. So is that part of your your fighting style? Is, is that allowed?
1: Uh, well, there What's is three ropes. Lo- there's no cages, first of all. Oh, there's right? no ropes. So there there's is ropes. ropes,
2: but you're in a triangular ring and it's the world's smallest ring. So there's no space to move. You essentially just got to stand in front of your opponent and fight. Uh, so it has the world's Sweet. highest. That's what knockout I like seeing. It, exactly,
1: I was watching that going. This puts you like in the no. We got to punch until one of us get beat up. There's no
2: running. Exactly. Um, so it has the highest knockout ratio of any combat sport at over ninety percent.
3: Oh my god! So what is? So how long are the rounds?
2: Uh, in my particular organization, it's five rounds, three minutes each, and in Woo. championship fights, it's seven three-minute rounds.
1: Damn, I, th- I would think they'd put it down to maybe two minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like two <laughs> minutes of bare knuckles like and a tight ass ass in the like a tight-ass ring like that? 30 little, seconds like, of that he, is crazy. It's a lot. It's but exactly. By, by,
4: by the way, you can't stick your fingers and toes in the cage.
3: No, that's what I'm saying about oh. that. No, that's like what I'm
4: gamesmanship. saying. Gamesmanship. Yes. Cheating. Yeah. That yeah. is so it's, crazy it's and great a, to think that that's well, if, how you... If you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough. That's always not a cheating, fact. It's and a fight. It's and, a and, fight. And you got to get
1: called on it to be like, oh, oh well, this and that. And, and Ian, how did you start, dude? I mean, you're Dana Point out there, South Orange County. You're I, surfing. You're living I the life. I started
4: doing... Yeah, right. My area, you wouldn't think breeds yeah. world-class fighters, but it bred a lot of us. Uh, There's, you know, myself, Shane Del Rosario. He got a world title as well. Rest in peace. That was my best friend. Um, Robert Emerson, Sh- uh, Josh Smith, a plethora of other people. There's a, ma- a bunch of really, really amazing gyms in, in Orange County. Um, and with me, I started doing martial arts when I was four. Uh, I'm learning disabled. Go, Dad. Uh,
1: learning disabled.
4: Yeah, I, I wasn't good at school. Um and then someone's you know doctor said I was autistic at one point and I'm like aren't am, we all you know, I know <laughs> I'm right whatever that means I'm like I'm not that far on the scale so let's focus on this person who needs my help or who needs help you know I, I do autism research with psychedelics as well and it's like this whole the way they explain it I'm like so I'm just weird is that what you're saying yeah. like I'm so far down on the spectrum I'm just kind of weird like <laughs> the, the explanation doesn't really make sense um but fighting was all I had you know it, it's was all I was good at it was my only way of communication it was physical and Once I hit wrestling in high school. I had a, a mentor a coach Reza Betty who was a world champion at 17 years old yeah. uh, from Iran um, and That's a, a I mean salt of the earth amazing person, but really fucking crazy and you know He him and his friends his world-class wrestling friends used to come in and kick the shit out of me all the time like these, this was—I mean—borderline abuse, <laughs> but it made me really tough. It made me really good. I could, you know. Then I started training in in, in jujitsu and, and kickboxing with Chris Brennan at Next Generation when I was f- thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. Um, by fifteen, I could beat up grown men, and I was like ninety five pounds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was tiny, but I. Could, and you're about I, what five five? Yeah, I I would whoop the shit out of college guys all the time and they look at you yeah. like you little punk get away from here yeah because my friends were all troublemakers I was part of a gang they're we hanging out with the wrong kids and of course uh you know i wasn't a bully but like i was ready to test my skills out on grown-ups you know and like i love that especially ha- especially pretty- healthy ones you know like i beat up a couple <laughs> dads at parties like that was kind of fucked up because they were drunk but like they had to come in but like it was you know i wanted game opponents like i wanted yeah. so then I, I went pro when i was 18 and i was like i can make money doing this like this is silly we're not going to fight on the street anymore so Stopped doing that. And then I started, plus, I started hanging out with world class fighters like Chuck Liddell. Chuck yeah. Liddell took me under his wing. Um, I remember when they, the first time they saw me in the gym. So, my best friend is Antonio Banuelos. He was on the tap out show as Chuck's like a right hand guy, best friend, assistant sort of thing. And I was right behind Antonio, you know. So, I got to basically have this ride along Chuck's superstardom career to go from the bartender uh you know downtown slow to being the ice man yeah. you know and um, that was a good ride it God was a God. wild ride it was a big traveled, ride too because he yeah we had so much fun him and those brawls um, too
1: and the him and Ch- tito bites yeah. were oh, yeah. just oh
4: I was, I was front row for those fights and you know i was the little brother like they treated me like they knew that because antonio my other he was antonio was champion back then at something called wbc and that was the highest level of, of where you could be in that weight class at that point and he was number one in the world. And at like nineteen years old I go in the gym and I'm, you know, getting the better of him in jujitsu, in wrestling, in in striking sometimes. Not all the time, you know, sometimes I got my ass kicked too, but like to see a nineteen year old kid do, doing this to the champ, they were like, What the fuck? Right. So then they took me under the wing of them, Glover DeShera, like so many people, the John Hackelman, I mean there were so many amazing coaches in that era. And then I would come home and I would have Colin Oyama and everyone there. You know? I, I was constantly around and being um, taught life skills by that era of fighter and that didn't lend itself to real life because they're all psychos. <laughs> um, There's that. Yeah. And, you know, m- m- they're all... Addicted. How about this?
1: You all are. I mean, anybody yeah. who fights professionally, you got to have yeah. a little psycho in yeah.
4: you. Yeah, because we're acting out our childhood traumas for the whole world to see. We're climbing in a, into a cage in our underwear to fight people for blood money to give and receive PTSD the whole time. Damn, that's, that um, is hard. That's I mean, crazy. it's just facts. That's you know? one yeah. way of stating the truth. I've yeah. analyze this because when I, when I retired, I was a fucking mess from being the drug-addicted abused psycho just nightmare of a person um to where i was like okay i'm gonna pull the gun out of my mouth and just think like i have a kid i can't i can't kill myself um but i knew we could heal my body because we already healed hers with cannabis she got juvenile rheumatoid arthritis when she was two wow. and f- you know a few years later she's healed this is your daughter yeah so i took that approach to myself and at that point, my brothers always been into psychedelics. My dad always preached about them. Um, I was friends with Joe Rogan at the time, and Joe was always talking about them. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go down on my own, and I love science. Um, like, if you hang out with me, you realize what a nerd I am because I'm constantly listening to scientific podcasts and just <laughs> talk, ner- <laughs> talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, to the point where now I'm I'm doing a traumatic brain injury study with the University of Miami. Like, really, I, I don't have any education. But the fact when I talk, scientists and doctors listen, because I know what the fuck I'm talking about, and I've had, and I have, uh, you know, I have knowledge of I understand how to apply it to things already, like like fighting, like training, like driving race cars, uh, I mean snowboarding, s- surfing big waves, like bare knuckle
2: uh, fights. Bare knuckle
4: fighting, <laughs> like, I, is it all sports? I mean, football players, all, you feel all, like all basketball sports. players should be. This, this is a case study to just show like, everyone: you want to perform better at fucking anything? Here you go. If these guys can do it in a cage while fighting, you can make your life a little better using this because there's a there's a healing uh, aspect to it to heal old trauma, brain damage. There's a protectant value, and then there's a performance benefit.
3: Can I ask you about the difference between the performance benefit of like as a neuroprotectant mm-hmm. between cannabis and, and and psilocybin? Because there's so much research being done right now, um, but what have you found in real life? In real life, how have you seen the differences between people using cannabis as a neuroprotectant versus people using psilocybin as a neuroprotectant?
1: And we're going to get that answer right after this break. It's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back after this.
3: We'll
0: be right back with Cannabis Talk 101.
5: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. Become a
0: part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. If
1: you want to turn your typical into something special, folks, when it comes to infused products, the flavor you taste should be just as enjoyable as the feeling you experience. Check out the website, loranoils.com. And I don't care if you're cooking something or baking something sweet and sliced, saucy or doing some edibles check them out right there. Mark and Ian are with us right now. Jessica, you asked them such a great question before we went to break. I want to get right into the answer. Do you want to repeat the question or do yeah, you remember? Yeah. Please go ahead and give so, it to uh,
3: me. So we've done a lot of a uh, lot of shows and we've talked a lot about the neuroprotectant um, agents of cannabis. But neuroprotectant as uh, from psilocybin. How have you seen in real-life situations? What is the difference that you've seen from, from a, 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 an athletic standpoint? Somebody who's smoking cannabis, as a an neuroprotective and somebody who's using psilocybin. Uh, and,
1: and use your anecdotal evidence, Mark, as yeah. well, like what, what you guys noticed, both of you.
4: Yeah, so, you have, all, they work off different uh, inflammatory pathways. Or different. So you have the 5-HT2A receptor pathway, which is a serotonin receptor, uh, which is what psychedelics work off of, and we'll get back to that. Then you have cannabinoid pathway, which is the cannabinoid pathway. The only difference is you're not going to have a visionary state out of cannabis. It doesn't make it that happen. I mean, you can, but not the same way you would with psilocybin. With, with psilocybin. So you have two different pathways that are being an, inf- an uninflamed. This is a, a formulation I made five years ago that kind of got me like cool in the scene of science where they're like, holy shit, how'd you do that? And mm-hmm. I was like, it wasn't that hard. Uh, <laughs> I just thought of some shit. I, how am I having this idea first? Stoners have been, have been taking mushrooms and weed for a long time. You know, they go hand in hand. But to actually have it scientifically shown, you know, uh, and, and have the, the studies being done on it, realistically, yeah. that's what I've been doing with athletes for a long time. Um, I have a new product coming out. Uh, it's called Dragonfly Medicines. We're going to have this actual performance dose um, with uh, C- CBD, psilocybin, uh, I might put 4ACODMT in it. I'm not sure. It's a What's re- that? It's a, uh, This is a horrible like way to put it, but people say it's the cocaine of psychedelics. Um, so it gets you going. It's, it's v- which I I hate. Coffee, <laughs> I hate that. Coffee, hey, but I coffee. like. It's you can say coffee. It's, it's the, the caffeine. Um, which I have to figure out why. You know, it's not like we're a mushroom where I can go. Oh, well This mushroom has more ATP in it. It doesn't seem triphosphate, so it gives you a higher energy output. But like this, I, I have no idea. It's a synthetic molecule. Um, Yeah, this
2: is anecdotal, but I actually took a sample of it just the other day before one of my runs And I record all my runs because I record all my workout data track it Yeah, and I ran over a six-mile run. I ran I knocked one minute off my mile time Wow against all the other runs that I averaged like eight and a half minute miles over six mile runs I did seven and a half. Did you find that you was
3: was that was that a result of you being more focused and in the moment? Or is that a result of you having more energy?
2: You know, it just seems to have better performance benefits for endurance and especially like you know intensive cardiovascular. And do you think that that was
3: a, a result of the DMT component or a result of the of the psilocybin component?
2: Um, whatever formulation that yeah. we were using from Dragonfly.
4: Yeah. So this was this and this wasn't even the formulation. This was just a 4ACO gummy. I'm like, try this out. Oh wow! You're gonna like this.
1: Um, <laughs> it's just a test you know? tube dummy. Because yeah, hey, yeah, that, like, come here, Mark. What's up? You turn around. Yeah. We're gonna do it this way this time. We're, we're doing we're doing it for
4: science. Um, <laughs> science but but seriously, this is this is how I research things. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm, I just I love it. That's a know, good. No, I, it that's, that's, that it's, it's funny I'm, that you say I'm that. I'm not your normal researcher, I guess. No, I mean um, that's one of
3: those things where I find myself extremely agile um, yeah. when when I'm using psilocybin in any dose, really. But. Um, and there are doses where I, I forget about the agile part, and I'm just having a good time, and you know, I yeah, kind of 100%. forget about that. Yeah. But in like, things like funny things, like playing darts or playing uh, pool, yeah. I find that I'm extremely agile and extremely uh, focused, and I do so much better. And I think it's because in the moment, I find I like to think of it as you know, you take a picture, and it's one solid frame. Yeah. Versus when you're on psilocybin, it seems as though you're s- you're capturing more frames per second, and it almost slows that time down to micro images. So you every image is individually calculated instead Mm -hmm. of one whole image or like seeing all the pixels instead of a whole image you know what i mean and i I find that it's a good way of explaining
2: yeah Yeah. psilocybin is proven to increase visual acuity i like to take it before sparring on hard training days It, Do you n- find
3: that you see the d- my the vision future? is better, yeah.
2: and I'm also more creative. I'm more relaxed in there, and I'm able to be more fluid, like in the flow state or flow zone. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it, I th- I find it's great for anxiety and things like that, as far as curbing it, so that you can go out and perform.
4: Yeah, well, what it does, so it drops your fear response. Your fear response is the thing that puts you into fight or flight. And if you can drop that, the body can going to flow a lot easier, you know, I, also,
3: but, but also that, I mean, your, your fear, your fear response yeah. would also make you hesitant to, to do anything. If exactly. you're running, if you're getting too much speed at the time, if someone's trying to may, punch you in the yeah. face with
4: bare knuckles. Yes.
3: <laughs> I mean, if you're, if, you're, that, you if you're cowering or if you're closing your eyes, yeah. you're hesitating.
1: Exactly. I mean, I'm going to say if you're dealing with anxiety and you're yeah. feeling stress yeah. of life, motor skills go
2: down by 50% once your heart rate reaches a certain percentage of its max. So one of the things that's really important for sports performance is making sure that you keep your heart rate at or below a certain percentage in order to not have that decline in motor skills. Oh, yeah. that's Th-
4: really That's actually the next thing I need to get him tested with is um, getting his, his uh, you know, cardiovascular output measured and getting his heart rate measured and getting all this stuff. For the
1: peak and everything
4: for else. For the peak just because, you know, that that's – then I have more analytics because – if I'm if I am gonna be out here having you know my satellite office with University of Miami running studies on traumatic brain injury and sports performance like, I I need these numbers. Yeah. You know I know I'll, I most people would wouldn't understand because i this again I'm a dork. This is the rabbit hole I went down um and i, I learned a that. lot no i love it this you know and what athletes now
1: that because of you saying these things and you got guys like mark that are you know out there whooping ass showing it it's proven and he's out there going dude i just took it before sport and i got a minute off my mile when you do and you claim this anecdotal evidence like that are more people looking at you ian going dude i need to try this then
4: yes a lot of people and and it's Again, that's my case study. Is using a gummy like this for fighters in the UFC? A lot of people at the UFC take this. Now yeah, tell me
3: about the about this part. Is it Arcos?
4: Uh, Argos? Argos. Argos.
1: Okay. And uh, these gummies are, and what's in these gummies? Are they going to come up on a drug <laughs> test for these fighters?
4: No, no, no. no. And that's that's exactly. So I'm working with the UFC. I got them to ad- agree to a, a psilocybin study with Johns Hopkins University uh, a few years ago for traumatic brain injury. Wow. And. Uh, yeah, that was like the first big feather in my cap. And Dana was like, said oh, well, said, oh, look what Ian did. And Jeff Nowitzki said, Oh, look what Ian did. And then my phone has not stopped ringing ever since. That's
0: amazing. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, it's and that's cool. some good backing yeah. right there. Right. It's amazing. And,
4: you know, Uncle Dana's always been good to me. <laughs> Jeff Nowitzki, like, has, has been. Are such you going to get guys like person. Scott Coker,
1: too, involved and you and his whole strike force and all that? I would those love
4: other- to. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I, I know people everywhere in MMA. Um no one has gotten back to me from Bellator recently. Just cause I was, I was asking for tickets. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go see Fedor uh, and and um, what's his name fight. And you know it was. That was in LA, right? Yeah, it was in LA. Yeah, exactly. Everyone was there. Like I just didn't get tickets. I should have bought some. Um, so, but tell us. Tell I had a more couple lectures. <laughs>
3: <laughs> tell us more about your product, though. So, how many milligrams or how so, many micrograms are so these gummy?
4: Argos was the first. Uh, you know, product to market with just a pure extract. And people, like these taste so good. I'm like, I know because we've been doing it for so long. We have um, one of the two strongest extracts I've ever seen the numbers for, the actual certificate of analysis. It's the most full spectrum. It's got the biggest tryptamine profile and it's the strongest. Uh, There's one of two and they're both like neck and neck. and then this is talking about someone else's product. You know, that's that's to date. We always had the best stuff until very recently uh, to where now everyone's kind of leveled up and you have different flavors in different areas. Um, but Argos having this this one milligram is at equal to about 100 milligrams of ground up mushrooms, which is an actual sub perceptual microdose. Everybody, especially in cannabis, is like, I want to feel it. And it's like, but that's not the point. You know, like mushrooms shouldn't be you shouldn't be getting high off mushrooms that much.
1: It shouldn't be the whole eighth because I grew up doing the eighth and just like sitting there going, Whoa! And I'm seeing the little army men coming across my like microwave, and I'll never forget tripping so hard. Like, Oh my god,
4: about human optimization and also helping you know little autistic children or soccer moms or brain surgeons, depression, or or cops Mm -hmm. and firemen. The amount of people that are taking this product Mm -hmm. and they all know, like, whether they work for the government or not, they're like, Hey, this is really good for you, and and also. You know, I've been contacted by you know I've have talked from people in the government. We'll just say, and they're not looking after people stuff like this. They're if if you if you do dumb shit, of course they're going to bust you. Uh, if you don't, you know, if you don't pay the piper, you know, the way you need to, uh, they're going to come see you. So if you just act responsibly, and plus I work on a political level, I work for churches, I work. Um, you know, with, with veterans and again, autistic people and what there's, I apply this to so many different things.
3: You're working with the right people and the you're doing it for the right reasons. I'm not making
4: a bunch not, of money You're not slinging
1: it on the street to just like, hey man, I'm trying to no, use no. this as strictly medicine and yeah. try to help people with their elements that they need healing on.
4: Yes, exactly. And
3: these are only one, one milligram per gummy?
4: Yes, one right. milligram, which is equal to about a hundred milligrams. Okay, And I even tell people, you can obviously cut it in half. Because now our our extraction method is so advanced and it's such a good such good potency um, that maybe you need to cut it in half.
3: Now, how yeah. do you get how do you get one um, one milligram uh, to be as potent as hundred milligrams in terms of benefits?
4: What? Because it's it's just it's you just have to just make them the same one and the same. Because a hundred milligrams of ground up mushrooms mm-hmm. is the same strength, which you can never take a you know, a certain amount of mushrooms and go, this is how much is in there. So that's why we had it extract it. It's just the science. I can't get an actual, like real analytics on. I don't so there's no know. way
1: to, there's no way to really say like, oh, well,
4: an eighth of mushrooms is this many grams. No, 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 there's no way because it's okay. a, it's a dried, it's, a, it's like mushroom jerky that's all dried and like <laughs> something you shouldn't put in your body, you know, like. It's not that you shouldn't, but it just upsets your stomach. You know, it can be gassy or whatever. whatever they, everyone has issues with eating mushrooms, you know, with their stomachs because this is not that good. It's for you. a good bubble guts for yeah, sure. Yeah, especially if you're not grinding them up. If you grind them up, you have more, more bioavailability, so you get to extract more yourself. Uh, you have more surface area, obviously, to break it down with, and it's not like the hardened structure.
1: So, do you guys extract it to a liquid
4: form? Or are uh, you threw- just breaking
1: it down to just a bunch of? Chopped up, li- damn your no, 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 liquid form. Okay. Well,
4: first it's got to be pulverized, and then they put it through through an extraction method, uh, whether it's alcohol, water, <clears throat> and uh, and then you have the, the product. You know, and then you have to purify it, and sort of depends. You know, what form of form of alcohol are you using? Because that's gonna that's gonna give you a different tryptamine profile. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what sort of? Um, I get to learn all this stuff from like amazing scientists that like are build have built the game so far from people from the 60s and 70s. Like a dear mentor of mine, Robert Forte, um, he wrote some amazing books with Timothy Leary and people like that, yeah. Gordon Wasson, Carl Rock, two scientists like Matthew Johnson at Johns Hopkins or Melissa Dawn. Uh, I, I've worked with Melissa on and off for a long time, uh, Dawn Scientific. She's built three, so the first three psilocybin labs in the world. She built the one in Jamaica, the first one. Um, and she's built one in the Netherlands. She's built them in this country. And she's... You know, like these are the genius people that I get to just go pester up with questions. Constantly. And
1: it's crazy to think because as cannabis has had their labs for the last fifteen, twenty years, maybe now you're talking about three labs that are out there for psilocybin. <laughs> so it's you know, it's it's a decade or so away from where cannabis was, right? And now that you're saying are you're studying now
4: how to use cannabis and psilocybin together? Yes. Uh, I like to not everyone wants to be stoned, especially putting a large scale product out there. It's, they're just putting, I have to pull THC out of it because um, that affects people in a certain way. The CBD, if, if I'm just looking at pure performance, the CBD is there and the THC is not. Um, not everyone can perform high like we can. We were always smoking weed and training. Uh, some people can, but you know, I'm just saying the larger market is without it. So. But most fighters I would think like to smoke weed. A lot of fighters like to smoke weed. I think it went yeah. hand
1: in hand. I mean, I was fighting yeah. back in the days and everybody I knew, yeah. I don't think there was one fighter that didn't smoke weed. We're on the weed podcast
2: right now. Oh, really? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right?
4: Like, ah, oh, we're here talking. Yeah. You know, Smoked a joint earlier. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, they're those fighters are some of the smartest athletes out there, you know, and they're finally making good money, but they're not, they're not making the same money that most athletes are. Not even close. Um, but – they're finally able to take care of themselves And they're reaching a level of fame Pretty um, across the board You know And like Chito Ver is like the but Justin Bieber of, of Ecuador You know Like he's huge And he's got such a cool story And following I love, I've, I've known Chito since he first came over here um, And you know He's a dear friend of mine
3: I also want to point out, I think that this. I mean, huge ups. Like, I give the UFC so much credit right now because they've started accepting sponsorships from cannabis and CBD companies. And I think that is just massive. Really? Massive. Yes. I don't think they have they. Yes.
1: I didn't see any yet. I don't know. I watch,
3: watch this, guys. Y'all keep talking. Please pull market. it up. Pull it up. Yeah, I, I believe this. you. I just didn't Let know what see. company
1: uh, has been on there. I like the fact that, though, they, I know, uh, what's his name? Right there. Uh, Diaz was smoking that CBD blunt. Our joint on on stage when he was there. As, that was a while as, ago. Yeah, I mean, so my point is that they've done some things. Ironically, there's some UFC fighters on our screen right there, Moreno and this and that. It's so perfect timing right there, right? As uh, we have our screenplay, <laughs> and now we have you guys here. We got to put you guys on there yeah. when we make the new highlight reel.
4: I was I was actually in business with the UFC on a CBD level. They've always used the product that I used to I was you know working with and on part of invested in was called cure uh, it was a CBD product. They took out the CBD and made it life way easier for the company. But the UFC loved it. And it was the only thing they would use at the Performance Institute. And then I, I tried to do a business deal with them, and we just—it was too much. Like they're—they're they're expensive. You know, it's not—they're yeah, expensive. pay to play over there. Yeah, there's obviously people who can afford it, but we couldn't. Uh, it was like it was millions. It was a very large contract, so I know what these people are having to pay for this. So, so that, that, that gives me hope. What did you so, find, Jessica? Please share uh, it yeah, with us.
3: Yeah. So in 2001, so I did. I did. By the way, guys, if you guys don't know about it, uh, Cannabis Talk magazine just came out. I
1: did an article. And
3: uh, so one of the articles that we did was. Um, about sponsorships and about um big pharma sponsoring certain uh the nfl and those sort of things and in that research i found that the ufc just accepted uh, just started accepting accepting sponsorships from um cannabis companies last year um actually in 2001 so love hemp group just became a sponsor of the ufc which is the first Nice. The first of it's kind of I had a
1: feeling you were right because I remember you doing that research, and that's yeah. good. That was when you were interviewing Kyle Turley or Jim yeah. McMahon, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that little sub thing in the magazine of uh, your proof of whatever. Like, read this extra article yeah. that supports my theory.
3: Yeah, actually, Aurora was going to come in also for thirty. So, for Ian, 30 what million. she's saying
1: is piss off to you, basically. No, she no, just no, no, no. I'm saying, <laughs> no. I'm saying
3: no. Oh, I'm saying this yeah. is. I'm <laughs> saying just <laughs> no. I'm saying that. I, I love <laughs> it. No, it's true. It's no. Good. R- what I'm really saying is that as that. It, even like the sports commission, let's say in, in the NFL, does not allow cannabis. Yeah. But well, they're kind of like yeah,
1: giving a heads up when they're testing. Finally, but yeah, yeah they're still well, not fucking full on. Hey, well, let's use it. And take no, no, it. Uh, the, but, UFC,
4: the UFC. The would love the money because those companies will come in and pay them a lot of money.
3: But what I am uh, what I am trying to make a point of about this is that if the UFC is accepting um, sponsor money from a cannabis company, it's showing the industry as a whole, including psilocybin as a whole, alternative health medicine, alternative. Uh, plant medicine that it is, is it can be used to serve as a neuroprotectant and oh it's yeah. it, it's accepting that you know what i mean yeah
2: and you're starting to see now the athletic commissions are no longer penalizing the athletes for testing mm-hmm. positive for thc you yeah. know I, if you remember nick diaz got suspended initially five i think years. for five years
1: Oh, that's right before right.
2: They, they i think they reduced it to one and a half but uh, you know, that was not that long ago no, no, no. when people's careers were being ended for smoking pot. And now it is essentially decriminalized, you know, uh, in the sport. Amazing. So to see what, how far are, it's yeah, gone.
1: And what are you feeling, Mark? when you're taking this, like you're actively fighting right now and you're doing the bare knuckle fighting, which let's just face it, that's fucking tougher on the body, tougher Most on the, hands. Sport in the world yeah. yeah, there's it's like, you know, it's
4: not like it's putting, wild in person. It, oh, my God.
1: I, I, I mean, I'm just watching the clips and I thought it was a glove, but it was just his wrists that were like wrapped. I'm yeah. like, holy shit, there's not a glove on that motherfucker. Like, you know, and so my point to that is you fought first with gloves. You're fighting with no gloves. As you're taking this medicine now that Ian's producing, making for you, have you noticed because of the early times, or did, maybe you never had some times where you weren't taking this type of medicine, like what is the recovery? Because like when you think about steroids, the Barry Bonds, mm-hmm. well, why is he doing steroids? Because he could hit better, he can do better. Right. Is this almost like a I don't want to use the comparison but I want to use the comparison a steroid that just re-enhances the body allows you to bounce back quicker because let's just face it that's what steroids did for Barry Bonds using that analogy and when you do take a steroid that's what helps you to recover faster and this and that but is this helping you recover faster as well as everything else that you've said which is the mental state and everything else but I'm mostly thinking about the recovery time because fighting especially bare knuckles you're in pain after yeah. training. Uh, you're in training. You're, you're hurting after with gloves.
2: Yeah, I got to go to sparring after this. I'm going to go fight some professional boxers in a gym you oh know, for extended yeah. rounds. Um, the difference between steroids and THC specifically, you know, steroids can give you superhuman strength, which can uh, cause moral dilemmas when it comes to men trying to hurt each other if we're supernaturally enhancing our really ability to do with so the whole
1: psyche too right, right?
2: well it's just in the brain damage that can yeah. be caused along with that you know people do die every single year in combat sports whether it be you know boxing kickboxing whatever
3: i've heard also it affects your your restraint like your restraint from going too far
2: uh well damage to your prefrontal cortex can affect people's uh impulsivity that is true. But yeah, all kinds of damage caused to the brain from fighting. So being able to use products like THC and CBD that helps with inflammation and recovery, you know, is a huge benefit to athletes.
3: Does, does psilocybin have any sort of anti-inflammatory benefit?
4: Yeah. So there's a process called epigenetic neurogenesis that happens. Epigenetic neurogenesis. I wish I had a
1: nerd bell so I could click it every time um, ding. you do that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <and laughs> I love you for that Ian. It's so, so awesome.
4: I like learn these big words. Say it again. What is it again? <laughs> so I can had try had to been understand been. it. Or, or you had guys... <laughs> yeah, you guys have... I uh, hear about neuroplasticity. Yep. Okay, so this is what you're creating. You have uh, chemicals like brain-derived neurotrophic factor, a peptide, glutamate. Glutamate is the precursor to NAD or nicotinicide, adenine, dinucleotide. The stuff that people are putting in their IVs now uh, to like actually... It reversed the funny
3: I was r- just texting someone earlier about nuclear pop quiz yeah <laughs> to, uh,
4: it's it's the <laughs> stuff she couldn't that even say it all right. nuclear <laughs> Hum-a-lum-a. yeah that was it I was just talking <laughs> about that so r- rich people <laughs> are getting IVs all the time and they're putting NAD in there NAD actually stops or reverses the biological clock the biological age clock so where you, you actually f- you're getting younger apparently uh, it's basically stopping it and the energy you get out of it and just the, st- the cellular generation and all these amazing things that happen um, with, with, uh, and that's in like a high dose, obviously in the IV with, with the, the microdose, you're producing that same sort of molecule in your body. It's more in more naturally, obviously. Um, but when you have it in your system for a longer period of time, then you're actually healing the gray matter of the brain. And <clears throat> when psilocybin goes into the body, it goes in as psilocybin, psilocin, um, and then when it's a silicin, psilocin's a serotonin analog, so it looks exactly like the serotonin molecule, acts exactly like it. Um, when it hits this receptor, it turns the receptor on, and then you have a very big anti-inflammatory effect in the pathway. And you and you have 5-HT2A receptors in your skin, so eventually people are going to be having like you know mushroom mud baths. I think if that retreats, probably get your high as fuck too. I uh, mean, <laughs> is it is
3: it bio uh, is it bioavailable topically? Yeah. It is if
4: it's if it's if it's uh, extracted properly and you tell me there's
3: other ways I can do mushrooms and I didn't even know about it.
4: Yeah. Well, no. And th- this Nobody is OK. This. So my my ex was a UCLA professor and she was on QVC selling her own products like she's a total package bombshell woman um, and was selling like uh, skincare products. that she formulated in her lab and just hearing getting to live with her for a couple of years and just hear her be smart constantly just roll over and ask her questions. like what about this? And uh, she actually made a psilocybin mask. Oh, for us kidding. yeah and it was it was it felt great
3: is this available like are you guys actually producing this
4: no no no. just go make it just Will figure you? out the acid in the bay or you know so, cream and ian
1: as you see wow. all these anecdotal <laughs> things and you work with all these high labs and then you work with all these scientists doctors professors at accredited you know universities and you see the benefits, and then you have a fighter who's currently fighting like Mark, and I'm sure tons of others that you just haven't mentioned, and all your other anecdotal proof that you see, how far, Well, not how how far are we, what is the problem, you think? I know this is a total hypothetical. It's only your opinion. What is the problem from people seeing in our government saying, this is enough proof, this is enough evidence, even though it's anecdotal, What's it going to take to get to that next level like CBD got to that federal approval? You know what I mean? Not cannabis yet because it's yeah. still not even though you think it is. And everybody thinks cannabis is legal. It's really not, but it is whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? When are we going to get to that THC CBD got approved first by the FDA, right? Yeah. So for those that r- really don't understand that, think about the THC plant. They only did CBD, folks. That's why you can get that at the store. So whether we can get a small part of this psilocybin to get approved like a CBD of psilocybin, yeah. like how far or what is it taking? What's messing it up? Where's that brain of the government going? No, no, no. What's that hesitation? But
4: it'll never be legal.
1: No, no. I mean, in parts of no. Oakland it is. And it's uh, parts no, no, of the
4: co- no, 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 it's wrong. Um, it is decriminalized. Decriminalized, there we go. Which means they'll still bust you for it. They just won't, they, the cops, the government's not gonna spend any money on busting you for it. Um, but that doesn't give an actual model where you can have an industry, where you can make money off it. That's that's, that's why they do it this way because there's too much money to be made by pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it's I, still I, that theory, that which I, I believe too. And I say that, and I own part of a pharmaceutical company with Mike Tyson. Oh, no <laughs> and, way. And Daniel Garcia. Very small percentage, but um, so I'm, I know obviously that was a business deal, uh, so don't hate me for that. But at the same time, that's the truth where it's never going to be legal and if it is it's going to take forever because all these companies uh, whether good or bad you know they're all, they're psychedelic companies they're not bad people they're damaged people people are people not all these people are healed uh, just because they're in a mushroom company um, you know there's I, 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 I'm trying to take a step out of the industry because it's gross you know like you go to a, a conference and you got fucking venture capital dudes doing blow in the bathroom and I'm like God, there's a bar I'm like why the fuck Are we serving alcohol here dude Like I know the owners Of the of the, the conferences And I'm like, my, they're my friends And I'm like What are you doing Why is there multiple bars On property Like this is stupid Because it's just not The space you need to be in But the, I'm a purist You know Like I have to deal With all this shit That I see Going on in, in the industry The but commercialization Commercialization it. And the abuse And the It's uh It's So it's brought about with this air of the the enlightenment of everyone. I'm like, no, no, you're going through the the enlightenment. It's it's colonialization, you know, 5.0 without the violence. I know this because I'm, you know, over 10 percent native and I see these native cultures, people that are like real shaman that I'm friends with, you know, feel exploited. Yeah, and they do it. They they can they can sit up there and talk about it and bring it up because they're not going to they're not going to pull any punches. Like I watched a group of shamans eat a bunch of uh, tech people alive on stage in the most kindest way, putting him in check, and I was like, "This was so much fun to watch." It was well, the coolest thing I've seen at a conference. Um, but <laughs> so it's it's just it's an industry with people who are all afflicted with the human condition.
3: How worried are you about the bastardization of the plant? I mean, when I say the plant, I mean I mean cannabis. I think that psiloc. I'm sorry, I'm talking about can- uh, psilocybin. I think fungus, that cannabis. The muscle, the fungus, yeah, yeah. So because I'm thinking, you know. Cannabis in, in sorts. I think a lot of people kind of went into it um, for the homeopathic, you know, medicine, the alternative medicine, the plant medicine aspect of it, because of these, um, you know, um, all not an alternative way to heal yourself. Yeah. But then when it comes down to it, so many companies are working with, um, you know, pesticides and chemicals and so many things for, you know, antimicrobial and antiviral properties and all these different things. Now you're smoking chemicals. So you know, I what I'm afraid of is you know, turning wheat into white bread because it started as a plant and now it's a processed food, you know, and I, I, I err on the side of health and wellness and homeopathic, you know, plant medicine. Yeah. And I'm worried that that's going to happen ma- to mushrooms also.
4: Of course, that's what humans do. Um, but... <laughs>
2: that's business. Exactly. They're going to say that, that. It's so funny,
1: Mark. I was going to say that. That sounds like business?
4: Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, they are an intelligent... Cannabis, I'm not saying cannabis isn't intelligent it has its own source you know energy and everything but mushrooms are the driver of that's what we come from that's how this this planet was pollinated it was with bacteria and fungus and the four elements of life that came on an asteroid Where that asteroid came from who knows um, but it came hurling through space and then pollinated this earth and that's, that's how long what Ryan. Yeah, it's <laughs> pans, panspermia, uh, is how that's that's like the theoretical right. idea of what I just explained. Um, you know, then you have the stoned ape theory, how our minds have evolved so quickly over such a short amount of time, doubled in size, uh. Monkeys eating mushrooms. Monkeys eating mushrooms, <laughs> which totally makes sense. So uh, evolution is because of mushrooms? Evolution <laughs> is wow. because that's of mushrooms. Are you familiar with stone um, theory? No. Oh. I, this is new. Oh, yeah. Please
2: educate. So essentially, yeah. because the, the forests were giving way and turning into grasslands, a lot of the monkeys that lived in trees started coming out of the trees, and they started experimenting with food sources on the ground. Uh, and a lot of, there's an abundance of s- mushrooms that grow around trees. So they theorized that the monkeys started eating the psilocybin and that structurally changed the way that their brain operated and the way that they viewed the world and allowed them to turn into what became modern-day homo sapiens.
4: Well, see, wow. the, the, they, the, the lower hominids, the monkey people, they had to follow around these big animals. They didn't know how to kill them yet. So they would follow them around because wherever they would, you know, they would graze. They would stir up bugs and they'd find, you know, things to eat. Um, and then also, you know, once they're their cow patties or poop, uh, that's where where psilocybin cubensis grows out of. So it's like, hmm. And then why are these things producing a chemical? Some say it's a defensive chemical. Makes us trip out. Um, I- if you eat it, I think it's no. It produces psilocybin for our benefit to help us because fungus is what we come from. If you ever eat mushrooms with a dog, you <laughs> get really fucking connected. And you're just like, yeah. oh, my God.
3: It's in there. It's amazing. You know, what do you mean, so eat <laughs>
4: mushrooms with your dog? No. Yeah, just like... Just Don't like give
3: your dog mushrooms. Yes, give, like, your, no, give your what? dog mushrooms. Yeah. No, I've eaten
4: mushrooms with yeah. my dogs many <laughs> times. Oh, no, I ate mushrooms uh, with my buddy, my, my you lawyer. You gave
3: your dog mushrooms? Yeah.
4: Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. <And laughs> she just lay there <laughs> and <laughs> look at do no. you. Do <laughs> you give him one of your gummies or no? Oh, just kidding, guys. Just kidding. He's joking. I mean, My teddy. No, no, no. This is what you do. You give your dog mushrooms. No, not teddy. And because they are from the same thing we're made from. They're back the fungus and bacteria. That's... That's who Wait, we how are. did your
3: dog respond? Let's go, let's start there. Let's back and up. It wasn't so my dog. dog. It mushrooms. was it
4: was my buddy. My buddy dog. His dog Rupert. He's you my, wouldn't do that to my your. Law, dog? My lawyer. That's not my lawyer. Um, <laughs>
3: him to your lawyer's
4: dog. Yeah, and and we're sitting there. We just ate mushrooms with him. That was the first dog I ever read him. I got to give him to my brother's dog and I'd sit with him because I always babysit him. He's this giant con- uh, Presa Canario. Does your
3: like, brother know you gave your his dog? My
4: brother mushrooms? would no, no he, not yet. You know, he, he wants. to. Oh, he wants to. My brother okay. would. Yeah. He wouldn't. Because that guy needs to chill. <laughs> he wouldn't Cause, care. Because
3: <laughs> his dog needs to chill, <laughs> so you should give him some. Yeah,
4: and so you know, to feel the connection with a dog when you're both on mushrooms. Oh is, my God. It's, it's enlightening. We were like, oh shit, this, I thought this would happen and then it happened and I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> this is really intense.
3: How much did you give him?
4: I think we gave him like a gram. What? Yeah. Wow. And we, we ate like, like one you know, gummy. No, 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 no. Like 10 gummies.
3: Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. And we ate like,
4: you oh, know, oh, We oh. ate a couple grams of mushrooms and we went and worked out and came home, hung out with him, took him for a walk. And, you and know, how was, was he? Was oh he fine? God. Was He was amazing. Yeah. Rupert's the best dog ever. Was he playing he like talk normal, to or was it? Yeah. I, I felt like he was trying. Ian, I'm hungry. He was looking at around. me with his little expression in his eyes, and I was like, "Oh my god, you're so fucking adorable." He's like, "If
3: I just had a voice
4: box, yeah, right? I was ah I, was like,
3: like, oh, I yeah. wish my
1: dog was here.'" Here's what's funny: <laughs> Jessica <laughs> and I this morning were texting each other pictures of us and our dogs together. Literally this morning, <laughs> 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 If
3: my dogs had been here. Right now, I'd be like, "Stars, you come." I mean, we literally said, and then I sent her a picture
1: of my dog. I go, "This is Teddy watching me take a shower." Like he's like,
3: he's, he's protecting us from the shower goblins,
4: obviously.
1: <laughs> we literally were doing dog pictures together. <laughs> and now we're going to have to do mushroom pictures with our dogs. This I'm is our dog you. on mushrooms. Okay,
4: you want to so bond with your dog? I'm telling you, it was... It was, it, it was I thought mouth you. kisses were bonding with your dog. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, that, that's actually, that's how you share the same gut biome um so no
3: i actually did a paper on this this is so funny i did an article about about just that and i was saying basically that you should kiss your dog your dog every day on the nose because it keeps your dog in tune with what with your with your biochemistry and they can always stay in tune with you because they can sense you know from from your scent obviously they can sense so much but you kiss your dog every day on the nose because it gives them it keeps them in tune with your 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 um the chemicals in your body to basically tell your bo- your dog that you're stressed that you are happy that you are you know what I mean so yeah I like where you go with that on every day.
4: I was talking about uh, eating your dog's shit <laughs> it kisses you in the mouth that would change your gut biome I was being disgusting uh, but you have a good theory I like where your head's at with that um, <laughs> you know tomato <laughs> tomato yeah you know, it's a little, all the little same. different um but you know what are the what the uh, it's a, f- a finkle transfer they have a, f- a finkle transplant where they take some someone yep. else's healthy gut. And take it and by gut, I mean out of their butt, and then they put it inside you to make you healthier.
1: Science. Yes, oh. I've heard of that. Ian, your science is a little fucking strange. I'm a no, on that and one. And
4: everything all, everything, always, ends up with, everything <laughs> always ends up with the butthole, I guess. So it always ends it up that way. We're going <laughs> to take a break
1: real quick. We're going to come back. We're going to talk some more fighting, some more psilocybin, and some more THC. It's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back after this break.
0: We'll be right back with Cannabis Talk 101.
1: Please take a break.
0: Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101.
1: Live the life you crave, you guys. Rise above ordinary weekend plans with Elevations Nation's membership. You'll gain access to exclusive events, entertainment, adventure, and wellness experiences. Visit elevationnations.com to learn more. It's been a pleasure having the Commissioner of Fun, Ian McCall, on here. And of course, Mark the Shark Irwin has a big fight coming up May 13th in South Carolina Go watch that bare-knuckle crazy bitch go at it again in that <laughs> small-ass ring. Because watching that, dude, and seeing that, I cannot wait to actually go to one and just feel that intensity. Because it literally reminds me of the, let's go. Let's go then. Yep. And let's go. And we're in a small-ass apartment bedroom. Not a bedroom in a house. Like an old-school apartment bedroom with maybe a bed <laughs> on the side that, you know what I mean, if you fall, you're going to fall there. And that's one rope. But you only got that small area to fight in.
3: (laughs) Move the table out of the way. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And you're just going at it because it's about, it's just about as big as a piece of pie about the ring because it's a little triangle thing. You know what I mean? It's about a Shrek piece of pie size.
3: Do you guys remember during, during COVID they were having UFC fights, but there was no audience oh yeah and so i At loved it yeah. because when you lo- watch those fights you could hear everything yeah well like on these ones you hear the punches and it's like what fist I'm off saying. body it's that's, like, that's what i'm saying it's, it's like dirty, different sound. when there was yeah. no when there was no audience it's like the audience yeah it like hypes everybody up and everybody's like has that energy going but when it was silent oh my god let it, me ask you all of a sudden it was real
1: is it different mark when you're fighting mentally when you're fighting with gloves and without? Yeah, absolutely. Um, When
2: bare knuckle, you can't make any mistakes. It only takes one shot and that can end your night. So you have to be very calculated in everything that you do. Uh, In boxing, because you have big gloves that you can shield and block behind and because it disperses a lot of the impact, uh, the amount of risk involved is just not even comparable. Um, I've been to boxing, kickboxing, MMA shows and bare knuckle events, I've been ringside, I've been in the corner coaching, I've been in the locker room, I've been in the ring. There is... It's nothing like bare knuckle as far as the damage that these athletes are taking. People are getting fucked up. I mean, even if knuckle.
1: you block a fucking bare knuckle... You're getting fuck, fucked up. You you can break your fucking... Your arm, right? Like, literally, yeah. there goes your wrist. Like, what? You, you can get a technical KO because you broke his wrist by punching him in the wrist.
2: Yeah, you don't... You have to disregard a lot of techniques that you would use in boxing uh when you're adapting a style for bare knuckle because it's its own sport um yeah you can't block like you can in boxing it's almost
1: open hand block would be the safest block right i mean that's that's my theory right now i'm just imagining if i'm fighting somebody my i'm an open hand blocker with yeah trying to
2: parry shots is definitely uh a good idea you don't want to be catching shots on your arms it's too easy for people to snake a punch in between your arms or and even if it's hitting your arms the damage of a bone hitting your arm is going to beat your arms up and you're not going to be able to punch. So you have to use a lot more head movement, a lot more footwork, uh, and you don't want to engage for prolonged periods of time.
1: And training for this, because I've trained and people who train in boxing, you're using maybe an 18 ounce, a little heavier glove, so it's a bigger size pillow fight, so to speak. I mean, it's exaggerated, but... (laughs) Training bare-knuckle. Are you really going bare-knuckle with a sparring partner?
2: No, uh, it wouldn't be sustainable. But That's what I mean. Like, yeah. We have made a lot of changes as far as the way that we train. Um, the main difference from training for gloved boxing as opposed to bare-knuckle is we actually stopped training with boxers primarily at when we were sparring. And we started working mostly with MMA fighters because the rule set is a little bit different and it allows for a lot more clinching and grappling Uh, and holding and hitting and because of the fact that most of the fighters that come over to bare knuckle are actually mixed martial artists and not boxers and mma fighters throw their punches and behave differently than boxers do so when i did make the jump from boxing to bare knuckle one of the first things i did was bring ian on board um to help with my clinch game and my inside fighting my dirty boxing uh, so we could start developing systems that were going to be most advantageous for this new sport because Out here in the U.S., it's only been legal since 2018. It's brand new, um, and it's still only legal in about 10 states. So we're literally learning, like, on the fly what techniques are going to work and what aren't, you know, as we're developing this new system of fighting and this new sport, whereas in the U.K. they've been doing it, you know, for a lot longer in the underground as well as sanctioned fights. Fight um, Club. Yeah. yeah, so it's
4: exciting yeah. to be at the, the forefront. It's like what it is. It's the like the old Fight Club movies, right? I mean, literally. 100%. Like, we're, just, we're putting a system behind it. You know, so like what, I'm having him grapple with no punches. So just, what
3: are the rules? Because you said there's no, no takedown.
2: Yeah, so it's boxing, punches from the <laughs> waist up on the front side, no gloves, and you are allowed to clinch and punch, which is one of the primary
1: When you say clinch, can I get you in a headlock clinch? What is a clinch? What is, so is technical tie clinch, clinch,
2: tie plum, uh, underhooks, overhooks, any type of Wrap the you arm. can hold with one hand or arm and punch with the other. So okay. fighting in the clinch is allowed so long as you're punching. Whereas in boxing if you're holding people, they're going to look to break you. And Are knuckle. you penalized
1: for clinching and then trying to take down? Because a lot of people, yes. that's their natural reaction, so right? So there's
2: no takedowns, there's no kicks, there's no elbows, there's no knees, there's no submissions. It's just punches. You can grapple and you can punch in these grappling exchanges. It's just a straight, straight
4: ass whooping, then. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's it's and I watched one of the most beautiful sets of violence I've ever seen in my life happen down in Biloxi. Uh, it was Laurent versus Rico. I don't know,
2: Rico, uh, yeah, Rico Franco versus uh, Laurent T. Nelson it was a co-main event.
4: These guys. You know, Rico had this very proper, beautiful British boxing, and then Laurent had this wild, you know, crazy South African guy, sort of... Uh, but Muay like Thai fighter. My, Muay Thai, he's done a left way, he's done everything. And he, he has a, 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 a more of a brawler style, but it was beautiful. It was really pretty to see the way he kind of wades into the ropes on these shots, and uh, has it very adapted for bare knuckle? It was, it was the, just watching this violence was amazing, and having Marco, dude, I've never seen you act like that. Like you acted <laughs> like a little kid. And I was like, yeah, I got excited. Sorry, you know. And then like a week later, or two weeks later, wherever it was, we go to the UFC event. It was Do- uh, Dominic Cruz versus Chito Vera. Two people I've, you know, I've fought Dominic, I've trained with Chito. Like I, I, I love both these guys.
2: I was and, in camp with Chito and, for a and, fight, yeah. and
4: we we went there and I was bored.
1: Because the excitement wasn't there, right? It just right?
4: wasn't there anymore. It's like, shit. And sure, we did take too much acid. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, that's such a
2: long which trip. Which is a
4: horrible idea to do the UFC. was no anymore. air
1: conditioning oh, in the
2: venue. Yeah, dude,
4: I was texting Dana. I was like, why is the AC not out here, bro? What the fuck? Like, not like he's going to do anything. but you never know. <laughs> I had to just give him shit. Um, Your event sucks. <laughs> yeah, right? I was like, you dick. I'm sweating right now.
2: Pachanga Arena. Uh,
4: it, it's horrible. The San Diego Sports Arena is oh, dog shit. Oh, it is. And this, so my, cool. my dad complained. The whole time he's like, "You're going there." He's like, "Fuck that place! You fought there twice," and just went on this rant. And I was like, "Dad, I, I don't care, man. I know." And I got there. I just I want like, to go support. And, and be I was a part like, of... "I was like, this place sucks."
1: Isn't that worse <laughs> when you go to a venue where, you're like, oh my god, this place is just the
2: worst? It was just, <laughs> it, was, it was bad. To your point, I think bare knuckle is the new MMA.
4: It is so exciting. Yeah, that's where we were going after with
1: that. now. And not only are you saying that, I, I pause and go and I give this like look to you because after watching for the first time that I've seen, you know, it takes me back when I watch watched it to those early days of watching Kimbo slice videos come out of Florida when you're seeing this guy and then he goes to UFC and gets beat up by real grapplers this and that but you just go fucking bare knuckle in a small little spot
4: let's see what you got and who's got power pure boxing too that's not someone having to focus on a bunch of shit it's guys who can have a singular focus.
1: Oh, and you so see more art. Like when I watch yeah. it, I see more art with more boxing and more like because it, you it has to be so calculated. Yeah. And I almost don't want to see a heavyweight. Is there a heavyweight division in it? Because oh. it's going to be the like one two. It's, it's one punch and you're done. Tom Hardy just got fucking flattened. That's what I mean. It's not a, like a fight that's going to last. When you said three round three Tom minutes, Hardy? I'm like, how are we going to go three minutes?
4: Uh, which the big guy Oh, uh, Mike Richmond. No, 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 Mike Richmond got flattened too The big black guy from UFC, a big football player Oh,
2: Greg Hardy Greg Hardy, there we go, Tom oh. Hardy
4: Tom Hardy's Yeah, he got sorry. knocked out by
2: like a <laughs> bouncer
4: Yeah, bro, and, like, and he's a big, giant, super athlete 6'9",
2: 300
1: pounds Fucking, he's
4: so big I remember and fighting with this guy
1: yeah, named Marcus yeah. Royster Who was like that
4: big yeah. old gorilla and, Whoa. And Yeah, we had uh, Yeah, he got, he got flatlined he got, It was really, really bad it's just Easy.
1: amazing when you see you guys get in this and I agree it's like the <laughs> new extended uh triple X UFC
4: style, like it's just the next level of excitement, entertainment and, and Bare Knuckle and porn stars. We got paired up with them, now it's your turn. You know? <laughs> we were just like it's like, Oh yeah, you got like you're basically doing porno. You're like, What? It's oh, called them. raw knuckles. People hated hated MMA at the beginning. They looked There's at us. Bare so knuckle gross. And, and
1: double knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> but there well, you played a lot of parallels. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I right. just got the text back from Frank Shamrock, by the way, as I sent him a picture of us and he sends three hearts to all of you guys and prayer hands. So you know, Hi, love Frank. love to all Legend. of you guys. He, he
4: just tried to get me to fight Floyd May with her a while back. Really? Um, yeah. And he's like, Hey, would you come out of retirement? And I was like, No. You should. And uh, he, goes, Would you you, so he goes to fight Floyd Mather, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Get the bag. Uh, I let, mean, get that. I'll, yeah, get that exactly. Bag. Go collect that paper, player. And we were working on the deal, and it fell through, obviously. <laughs> you don't. I will. But speaking of Cheeto Vera, <laughs> dude, I, I went to go train for it for like a week, and I was like, ah, oh, I fucking feel good, you know. By the end of the week, I went into Ruka with Cheeto, and I figured I'm going to jump right in the deep end again, of course, so if I'm going to start training to fight Floyd in a few months. And that day sparring, Cheeto almost fucking knocked me out. And it was just All like he just zapped. and I was like, "Oh, and he's gonna like, oh, shit. You okay?" And I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "I don't want to be here." It's like, "Why <laughs> the fuck?" <laughs> like in my head, I was like, "No, no, no, no." And Perla was what the fuck like, "What am I doing?" Perillo was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" I was You're like, like I'm, "I'm done, gonna, man." I've been saying the last like five years, I'm not a fighter anymore. And then it took me a few million dollars on the table to go like, oh, "I'll go try it." I'll oh. go try it. Then you got and hit a few
1: more times. Like, wait a minute, It was
4: one solid shot. just, You know, we're playing around, fucking around. And I think I was, I was, go, you know, going a little hard because I had shit to prove. Um I used to beat the shit out of Cheetah, you know, a long time (laughs) ago. I'm going to still show you, you little young whippersnapper. (laughs) Yeah, and he's whap, and I was like, oh, my knees buckled, and I was like, whoa, I got stinky leg, and. I was like, "Yeah, I don't want to do this." Dude, my son hit me in
1: the head with a <laughs> pillow, Stupid. like a one of those rehab type pillows. <laughs> it hit me so hard, my equilibrium was like, "Wait a minute, how did I used to get punched? How did I used to spar?" Like, yeah. "Oh my god!" Yeah, I'm really like, and I took my son's head. I go, "Hey, Mihal, seriously, quit hitting me in the head with shit." Like, <laughs> I mean, like it's just it's no fun no more. Yeah. You get a certain age, exactly. it's not fun. Well,
2: yeah. and I think that's one of the things that makes it so impressive, right? Is because you can't do it forever. Yeah, you know yeah. the toll that it takes on your body. The commitment that it takes to put your body through that abuse on a regular basis is not sustainable for the long term. And we know what it does to people's mental health and physical health and everything else. And that's why it's so important that we get brands like cannabis brands and psilocybin brands on board so that athletes are able to get the benefit of using these products because... We so sorely need it,
1: and they weren't using them before. Let's just face it. Look at those early fights; they were sitting pain there pills. drinking liquor, drinking whiskey, you know what I mean? Like, dude, yeah. that was yeah. the thing. Yeah, the way Tank Abbott back in the day. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, Tank just, Abbott. You remember that shit back then?
2: He was the original yeah. HB bad boy, beating people up on Main Street, dude. And, <laughs> and <laughs>
1: yeah. you know, what did he do for recovery? A little bottle of Jack, and just mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Let's go. Know, like, I, I, those like, who know the histories, like I remember before UFC, before Dana yes. White even bought it. You know what I mean? I remember Tito Ortiz bringing him to Burbank and I met him at BJ's like, oh, look who just bought it. I'm like, damn, Tito, I can't believe you're about to fight and do all these great things and seeing it just evolve. And now this new evolve, I hope it gets legal in California because the excitement, like you said, watching a fight, it's just entertainment. It's almost equivalent to me when I watched the video of the feeling I used to get when I watched a Mike Tyson fight. Like, you watched Mike Tyson fight, you were excited, you were knowing it was gonna be a knockout, you knew it was gonna be fucking brawl, and when I watched you fight, and I watched a couple clips of, of, of this bare knuckle, that's where it took me mentally and emotionally. So for those who haven't seen it, and if you want to go check this guy out in May in South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, yes, sir. go to that one or find him online and do that. We like to do the high five with everybody that's here on the show. I want to ask you guys these questions. Mark, you'll go first, and then Ian, you'll answer the same question right after <clears throat> it. And it's how old were you the first time you smoked cannabis, and where did you get it from? Uh, I was
2: 15 years old when I started smoking pot, and I probably got it from some kids at school. Where? at What
4: school? Uh, what are your Capo age? Valley High School. Go ahead now, <laughs> Kappa. go ahead. What about you, Ian? Oh, I was eight years old. Eight? <laughs> yeah. What? I just came home from private school because, you know, it's crazy. Dana Point, hello. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hello. Growing the up part of the 1%. Um, yeah. you know, we, I got kicked out of a lot of private schools. Um, so did my brother and. What school is it out there? Uh, this time I came home from St. Catherine's. Yeah, and there's I some came, good privates out there. It's right on so, PCH. Right? Oh, yeah. fucking place is so nice, um, but literally you overlook PCH on the good beach, um, and yeah, I came home. My brother was smoking on the side yard, and, and you know, your older brother at this point is the coolest person you know in life. So I was like, okay, you're doing. I was like, what are you doing? He goes smoking. I was like, smoking what? And he said weed. I was like, hmm, okay. I don't, know, I, I, I don't know what that is, but like, cool. Uh, where'd you get it? And he goes, I stole from dad. Like, yeah, guys. <laughs> well, like the two coolest people that I know ever in my life uh, are doing this. And this sounds like a fucking great idea. How about me too? <laughs> yeah, so I started smoking. Um, what was your second question? <laughs> well, no, that was it. The first, hey, you know, what's oh. funny is that's pretty, uh, I started at six with an older brother as well. Yeah. I was so going to say, let's I turn it around six. on you. What was your yeah. first time? I was six. Six my, years my, old. My eldest my brother. brother started because my eldest brother is my half brother. My mom grew up in the hood. My dad married the help. Uh, that's why I'm a half brown. Um, It's always a good thing Right You know yeah It's a good mix Um, But my eldest brother Smoked for the first time When he was seven And my cousin's Laced it with Sherm
3: (gasps) My very first time Was laced with Sherm
4: Is he okay now? No, no, no. He's 50, 50 something. And he's he's a fucked,
1: fucking mess, he's right? He's still fucked up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, hey, dude, you just hit the equilibrium so hard at seven years old and you put some Sherman there. I mean, come on. Question number two of the high five Ian, I respect your family more and more after each question you answer. No wonder why you're such a derelict. How old are you, uh, What's your favorite way to use cannabis? Uh, smoking a joint.
2: Yeah, I love smoking joints. I don't know, there's something very uh, joints relaxing with your about friends it. Friends, yeah,
4: or like smoking a king palm. I, I'm, they've, I was smoking the king palm on the cover at LA Weekly, which is 16 million copies. Nice. Um, <laughs> I still, I still don't have one. I have never seen one in physical form. Uh, I was, in, I was in Mexico when it came out, and I came home, and I was like, oh, and they're gone. No, they're all gone. They won't send me one because they're fucking assholes. Um, <laughs> seriously, they're not nice people. Um, but king palm, king palm. Is my favorite to smoke because you, know, you can fit like a good amount in there's where you and your friends can get blitzed and you can sit and talk and like, you know, bond. Over there's you. a spiritual
1: ritual. It's it's fun. Fun. Some, some intention yes.
4: setting and some like, what's the purpose of me doing this? Like,
1: Always fun. Question number three of the high five, Mark. What is the craziest place you ever used or smoked cannabis? <laughs> oh, <God.
2: laughs> um, I mean, I, I smoke a lot of cannabis. Uh, probably in athletic competition. Yeah, ah. not a lot of people can say that they've yeah. smoked
1: weed and <laughs> fought people, you know, in an arena. In the arena, that's yeah. fun. That's great. Yeah. That's a good one. What about you, Ian?
4: Oh, what was the question again? Craziest oh, oh, place. Craziest. okay, so, um, speaking of Frank Shamrock, he walked into my hotel room in Japan, and I was on a vape, and he walks in and goes, what are you doing? Because he was my agent at this point, and I was like, uh just fucking eating breakfast he's like is that a vape i was like yes you want some and he goes we're in japan how did you get that here he's like you snuck that in here and i was like yeah i brought a bunch of shit
3: oh my god
4: and you know my dad used to smuggle cannabis around the world in in, uh in the 70s (laughs) he's like no we're in japan Japan, highly illegal and i just i didn't even really mean to i just had some extra shit in my bag because i smoked that much weed at at that point in my life i don't anymore Um, I don't. I don't smoke every day. I don't really smoke anymore at all. I've been sober for a while, Um, and you know, like I don't know where I was going. What did Frank Frank say when you did that? Frank just he just laughed, and then I was like, well, I have to. I my flight soon. Like I gotta, I gotta fly back home anyways. I've been smoking this whole week. Um, Like, but here, you just take the rest of it. So I left the rest of it with him. And he, he got rid of it because that's what a good agent would do. Right. He's like, I'll
1: take <laughs> care of this and let this go. Yeah. <laughs> Frank's such a good guy. What is your go-to that. munchies after you get high? Oh, man. A good one, maybe after a good workout, <sighs> too, and a good rip.
2: Uh, I mean, I love ice cream and cookies. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I'm doing sweets, uh, if I want to eat something really fatty, maybe like a Chicago-style pizza. Mm. Oh, what
1: ka- What one. kind of ice cream, though?
2: uh like something from ben and jerry's something crazy crazy yeah and the pizza like uh yeah chicago style like pepperoni okay yeah
4: Mm, nice what about you ian gelato gelato probably now that i'm getting a little more specific ice cream in general like that's just he's right on point
2: yeah i'll ruin my whole day tomorrow eating ice cream tonight
4: like and And i don't care those (laughs) (laughs) i'll run it off Yeah. yeah crumble cookies have you had crumble? Yet? I haven't crumbles had I oh, oh, my crumbles. God. Oh. They're so sweet. I just it's had so my first
3: one over the weekend. <laughs> really? So I freaking good. died.
4: I can't and the best cookie. part about
2: crumble dude. is they
1: only have like four that day when you go there. Like you oh can pick only God. from four selections or six, whatever it is. But those are the cookies that you choose from. It's not a fucking 20 of them. It's like, no,
4: this is what we have. I'm, I'm, just I'm right, right in the middle of a cookie with the
3: pink on top. Oh, my God. There's
4: one out there in RSM. Yeah. There's one in Dana Point, one in San Clemente. I'm like right in the
1: middle. <laughs> I'm in training
2: right uh, now, so it's no so crumbles. Good. And then there's, there's, a
4: hand, there's a Handles ice cream by my Oh, mouth. Handles is so and bomb. A few a gelato that's places. the best ice
1: cream. Jo- and they serve so much, too. Yes. The Handles. Yes. I literally think
4: Handles is the best one. And mine is Monkey Business. Yes. My yes. favorite is Monkey that's Business. That's the best dude. one. But shout out to uh, Lucky Dog Gelato in San Clemente. Um, the place is the bomb. Oh. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it, it's like. Whatever my daughter wants. We, she just happens to like ice cream and gelato as well. That's
1: funny. We said we're, I'm, I'm literally going to, uh, to Dana Point. Where am I going in Dana Point today? Let me see. The, you're probably going to know Dana Point Community House is where I'm going. Right there on San Juan Avenue. I'm going. The Community tonight. House? Yeah. A little program meeting I go to at night sometimes. A oh. oh, little men's tag. Okay. Question number five of the high five. If you could smoke cannabis with anyone, dead yeah. or yeah. alive, yeah. who would it be and why? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I could
2: smoke weed with anybody, it would probably be like one of my favorite fighters of all time. And yeah. who would that be? Uh, as far as fighters, Ian used to be one of my favorite fighters, but I smoke weed with him all the time. So, that, you know, <laughs> we, we won't, we'll skip that. Uh, Mike Tyson has always been one of my favorites. Prince Nassim Hamed. I don't Ooh. know if he smokes weed. I know Mike does. I'd love to smoke weed with Mike Tyson. I'm
1: sure that's going to happen. Mike's fun to smoke Oh, fire. I'm sure.
3: Mike. I've hung out with yeah, Mike yeah. several
1: times. I never smoked weed with Mike, but I hung out with Mike several times.
4: Yeah, a, a good w- fun. I w- was working with him for a while. He, Mike, he's a lot of fun to smoke with. What about you, Ian? Bob Marley, for sure. That's just a good to, answer. Just to sit and philosophize and smoke with him, and just like, you know, he said so many like amazing things. So, sang so many amazing songs. Like, there's such good footage of him. Like, I, I mean, he's a prophet. In my Literally, life. yeah. I, I, it's a good way of talking about you know, like that. Because like his songs are still relevant today.
1: One hundred percent. Like, that's what's crazy about yeah. it. And a lot of those prophet-style men that were from the past that did so many things are like, dude, like, you know, him, Malcolm's, I mean, you know, Martin Luther's. I mean, you look at guys that have just done some crazy stuff. You're like, dude, these guys are still w- what's true today. Yep. Wow, good stuff. Uh, Mark, Ian, is there anything we missed and forgot about? This has been a great podcast, hanging out with you guys. And-
3: I do want to know, actually, so where do I get a, hand- a hold of these um, um, how are they? How are how how do I get something? so? Hit me
4: up on Instagram, Ian McCall. Uh, slide my DMs, and you know I'll take care of you. Uh, we'll, we'll get it figured out. Um, nice, because there's some changes going on, you know, with branding with the company. So we're just you know just hit me. New up,
3: product you were just talking about, and,
4: and another product that I'm coming Fantastic. out. Fantastic. That one's going to be stronger. It's uh, called Dragonfly Medicines. It's probably going to have four ACO DMT in it as well. Something a little bit. We're going to have mushrooms and that. Um, and uh we have a bunch of other adaptedness cordyceps mushrooms lion's mane mushrooms uh, curcumin from turmeric yes and cbd and then the psilocybin fantastic so that's ultra flow state ultra low inflammation and you get people just to just to do what their broad bodies are programmed to do i, mean, I love re- that
3: combo repetition
4: yep. is the mother of skill if you get enough repetition of what you're supposed to do in and you drop the inflammation in the body the brain shuts down, slows down. You can see everything easier, uh, heightened senses, and you can just analyze. You know, your fear response is dropped, and there's there's no unnecessary movements, no unnecessary uh, you know, rising of the breath. You can at least control the breath when it does get up. You know, you can access um, just parts of your memory bank with reactionary purposes. You know, like with, with hitting someone back, moving out of the way. You know, what things you want to set up, foot placement. You can see. Not just clearer, but you can see more all at once. It's good for fighting. It's really good for fighting.
1: Well, you could also meet him Tuesdays at noon on the Dana Point Harbor. He's selling them there on a little bicycle, <laughs> riding around. <laughs> you see him with the hat and the feather. You'll know him by the hey, phone. what up, man? You got one? <laughs> <ring, laughs> <bring. laughs> there he is. Get your psilocybin. It's Cannabis Talk One Hundred and One, folks. Remember this: if no one else loves you, we, we do. do.
0: Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk One Hundred and One on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health.